My next guest was described by Mike Scott of the Waterboys as the world's greatest rock fiddle player. He joins me now from a closet in his home in Sligo, and that is Steve Wickham. Hi, Steve. How are you doing, Mario? What, just, are you, what are you doing in the closet? Well, I was talking to your, your producer the other day, and I happened to be in the closet when he called, and he said, God, it's a great sound. So I decided that's a, a good sound for the radio. It's bang on. Now, listen, yeah. before you tell us um, why exactly you're on the radio today, I, I, the Waterboys, they had a whole new album coming out, isn't that right? Well, yeah, I'm... We have an album called A Good Luck Seeker, which is coming out in Cook and Violin Records on the August the 31st, and there's a single coming out next week called The Soul Singer, so I, I hope less listeners will look out that, for that, all right. Yeah, fantastic, yeah. yeah. And had you, had you, were you in the process of lining up live dates as well, and how's that gone? Well, Mario, as you know yourself, we had a whole tour booked, oh. uh, and uh, since March we were supposed to go around the world, we had a world tour. And uh, that's gone. So yeah. I've been stuck at home in Sligo. Yesterday, going up for the gig in in Wimble was the first time I was outside of the uh, the the Shire, you know, yeah. uh, since March. So there, there you go. Yeah. The world has changed. So have your gates the dates been rescheduled or They've just nothing? Been rescheduled. Uh, yeah, if everything goes to plan now and we all get back on our feet again, we're doing the same thing next year. So let's keep the fingers crossed and right. and hope for the best. Steve, what an um, ignoramus I am, but I never knew as the world's greatest rock, rock fiddle player that you played um, the fiddle on Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Um, I did. That oh. was my recording debut back in 1982 in Wimble Lane Studios, in fact, where we were last night. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I met the edge of the bus stop and, and I had just heard Boy and I said, Edge, do you need a fiddle player for the, for the new record? And he took my number getting on the bus to Malahide, where he lived at the time, and... Uh, he called my dad the next week, and my dad said, there was a fellow on the phone for you called The Edge. He wanted to give me a call. So I did, and uh, the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> that is a great uh, That's a great image, actually. An old fella saying, there's a fellow on the phone for you called The Edge. Yeah. That is a good one. And so in you went to Windmill Lane, right? In I went to Windmill Lane, which was, uh, was like a space station to me. I was a young man. I'd been in the bank, and I'd left. I decided to make, make a make my world as a musician and uh, I went in and it was like uh, Steve Lillywhite was producing the record and Bono was there I'd seen Bono knocking around uh, North County Dublin where I lived because I'd seen the U2 had played in the school hall they were called Feedback yeah. and uh, so I knew I knew, uh, Bono was a very colourful character you know he, he dressed he dressed like a rock star from the very get go so we all knew what he looked like but uh, I'd heard Boy on a, on a floor in a flat one time and I thought that's a good record I'd kind of written them off from school days because they were called Feedback and they'd be doing um, Nights on White Satin and, and really kind of eagle songs and things like that and I thought oh, that, I don't like those and when I heard Boy I thought oh they're pretty cool and so I jumped I had a hard neck at the time you know and I jumped at the opportunity when I saw the edge of the bus stop and I said you need a fiddle and he said and, uh, yeah he did yeah, and Tamir, what was it like recording with the lads? As in, what kind of were they? Were they very uh, intense when they recorded? Were they laid back? Were they smiling? Was there plenty they, of laughs, they, or was it was it like Jesus? This could be big. Let's make it big. This has to be good. Were they? You know, were they real profession or perfectionistic? Oh, they were. They were a bunch. I mean, they were tight as tight as tight as a football team. They'd been together for for many years, and uh, 
uh, War, the album was the third album, so they had a, they were like a gang of guys, and um, Steve Lillywhite was the producer at the time, but they'd set up in the studio at the time like a live gig. They wanted to capture that, so everybody played live, which was, I discovered later on in my, my career that that was an unusual thing to do. So there was a, a real energy in the room recording it, actually, yeah. And so when then I sat in at the edge over a period of a couple of days and, and learned uh, my debut. You know, when you go in and do things for the first time, you don't know what you're doing. You're just hoping to stay in tune and stay in time and put a bit of energy into it. Yeah, so when you're playing your bit on Sunday Bloody Sunday, are you yeah. listening to the accompanying tracks in the background or did you do your bit in isolation? I think I, uh, I, I, I sat in the studio with Edge and I think there was a bit of a boat actually, Mario, it was over a couple of days, so it developed over a couple of days, but most of it was sitting in the, in the control room with Edge and Steve Lillywhite while the music is blasting out of big speakers and I'm playing along, yeah. Yeah, iconic. Listen, do you mind if I play a little bit of it? I love Fire this. Away. Yeah, now that you... Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Steve, it's a, it's a great track, and just listening to the just listening to the fiddle actually there in the background, it kind of um, you can tell me I'm talking rubbish now, Steve. Um, but to me, at the early part of the fiddle there, there was a poignancy to the fiddle. It's like people were crying. It's like wailing. It's a bit like you know, I mean, you're talking about heavy stuff here, and it's like yeah. it's like it's like people wailing or crying or something. There's a, a sense of um, mourning. Yeah, Mario, it, amazes, it amazes me. You know, I'm I'm uh, I'm young enough to remember. Uh, the 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 actual Sunday Bloody Sunday and, and you know when that happened and the shocking nature of all that sectarian violence that happened in in the north of Ireland. Thankfully, we're past that days, despite the fact that they're they're still burning uh, Irish flags up on piles of rubbish still to this day. It just amazes me that that in Ireland we're so full of this funny stirred up sectarianism. I wish it would just vanish. Yeah. Steve, tell yeah. me, what, uh, this is why you're on the show today, yeah. tell, tell me about the SEAC live series. What is it, and what's your part in it, and what do people ha- have to do? Right, uh, the SEAC is the Seamus Ennis Art Centre, SEAC, which is in the Nall County Dublin. They have a fantastic uh, collaboration with Wimbledon Lane Studios, where, as you know yourself, all the live gigs are gone, so they... We're, we do a live gig. We did a, a debut last night. We were kind of guinea pigs, no crows. My band here in Sligo, um, we've been going for about 15 years, and they decided we're, to put us on with Millane. So we were there last night, and it was a flagship event. But hopefully they will carry on with this. They have Murani Yowley from uh, Dingle, from West Car or West Kerry, on, on the 25th with um, Jerry O'Byrne, the great, great guitar player. So um, it's it's basically 
a forum for live gigs. There's a whole team, a fantastic team in Wimbledon, uh, cameramen, sound men, light men, the producer there, and they make a great sound. They film it, and it's a live gig. Uh, people go online and they click in, pay four four pounds fifty or four euros fifty, and you get a live gig. Yeah, you sit in a live gig. It's a bit um, melancholic, I have to say. Last night we were sitting there and we're looking at this big screen with about. 60 or 70 faces of people sitting in their <laughs> in their rooms looking at the gig <laughs> and a, a strange melancholy as we we, we really want connection we really want to you know be with our friends and hold on and we're in these little boxes so that's a, that was the experience I had last night but having said that it's a live gig and the experience of playing with my mates live you know all together in the one room is just uh, just a beautiful thing and we, we share that really online and the uh, team make that as unsterilized as possible. Yeah, I just played uh, Joxer Goes to Stuttgart a few minutes ago, and it's the, oh, live, yeah. the live version, and you just hear people in the audience, you know, heaving with laughter, and God, it it sounded alien to me for the first time, just this... When, we want uh, a connection, we want to be with each other, we want to hang out, and we want to do it, you know. I I'm telling you, we I, do it again. oh, we can't, and also, as a lot of people are saying, this whole... COVID-19 crisis, it's the arts, it's music, it's comedy, it's drama, which has gotten a lot of people through this in terms of, you know, keeping them half sane. Yeah. And, you know, we need to come back and we need to get in front of audiences as soon as possible. Yeah. And, I don't, and I don't mean 50 people in the Olympia Theatre, I mean 1,250 people. Well, I, uh, yeah, we do. Yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, listen, um, your experiences in your, with Windmill Lane as well, you go back years now, isn't it? I mean, you've recorded with and worked with some huge names as well. Tell us a few little uh, anecdotes or stories there. Well, I've done real anecdotes. Uh, I get, you know, it's a, it's a life of a professional musician. I was very blessed. I was very young. I went to the College of Music, and then by the time I was 21 or 22, I hit the ground running. I was able to play the fiddle, and I got called in for the U2 thing, and that worked out, and that record was a, was a big hit for mm. them. And, uh, of course... I I, um, I was hanging out with Sinead, was my mate at the time, Sinead O'Connor. She was only 14 or 15, mm. and we were in Intuanua, and we were just in the right place at the right time, but like the commitments, and I recorded with Sinead, and then my band, Intuanua, got signed to Island Records, and through my connection with you 2 they had produced the first Intuanua record. And one thing led to another, and before I knew where it was, I was getting, you know... Playing a lot of fiddle, but then in about '85, I joined the Waterboys, and I've been there playing on all the records since, more or less since 1985. Yeah, cool. And uh, Elvis Costello, do you work with Elvis, Elvis Costello? Elvis Costello, yeah. I met Elvis at a, a party one night in BP Fallon's house, and BP had a great record collection, and he was going out uh, with a friend of ours at the time. So we went back to to BP's house, Elvis. I was jamming with Elvis and Elvis said, will you come in and play a bit? And I went in and it was a fantastic day with the, the Chieftains and Christy Moore and uh, Elvis made this great record called Spike and it was kind of anti-Margaret Thatcher. There was a lot of bad stuff Margaret Thatcher was doing at the time, you know. Yeah. The hunger strikers was going on and all this riots in the north of England and the, the it was just a terrible political time and Elvis was a great voice for that, as were the Mike and the Waterboys. He wrote, no, um, you know, Old England. And it was a kind of um, a great record. Anyway, musically great. And T-Bone Burnett was producing that. And a, a fantastic experience. Mm. Yeah. And listen, you're also involved in another interesting project. Johnny Gogan, the filmmaker, is making a film. 
Johnny, um, tell us about I just that. finished a film called On the Crew of the Mayflower. It's, and it's a story of a social movement in Drumshambo here in Leitrim. The Mayflower Ballroom is there, and it, it, it started about 2011. It was in opposition to the introduction of fracking, mm. fract- gas fracturing in Ireland, which cumulate. So there's a, there's a, there's a campaign to, to stop that. And the ordinary people, farmers, everybody just didn't want to have this pollution happening here. And against all odds, they we managed to, or the, the the movement managed to stop fracking in Ireland. And it, we're still trying to stop the importation of frack gas because that is uh, connected to the people in America who have to undergo this terrible degradation of their community by the unscrupulous, um, you know, fracking industry that, that that pay no heed to water quality or the environment quality. And so Johnny's film has followed this beautiful story of this local small movement to stop it. And it started in 2011. And he filmed it all the way through to right up to the present day. And I uh, I helped Johnny on the music for that. And um, we composed some music for it. And, and uh, it's just in the can now at the moment. It should come out soon, very soon, hopefully. Okay, Steve. And listen, just to replug again this. So this is the SEAC live series yeah and um, it's 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 a great thing it's it's a live gig it's it, you you go online you pay your four euros and you're in the room with this amazingly produced great sound great vision it's not somebody sitting in a co- in a closet like i am now it's it's in a proper studio and it's it, it's a lovely experience hopefully it'll help musicians and all of us people in the music business you know see us some of us true we got paid for the gig last night I came home with money in my pocket first time for four months jackpot yeah. um, listen we're going to play out with Fisherman's Blues what's your memory of the recording of this um, great track uh, well it was a, a surprise day Mike had said to myself and Anto that we were just going in to check out with Malayne and lo and behold we went in and there was great drummer and bass player Trevor Hutchinson and Pete McKinney already set up and Mike brought us in and dropped us in the deep end and we just played all day and this track uh, manifested itself, as they say. Steve Wickham, thanks a million for joining me today on Mario's Sunday. Okay, Mario, pleasure. And I'd like to say, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah. my condolences to Jack Charles's family. What a what a great hero! Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You met Bobby, I believe, did you? I did. Yeah, in Manchester, in in uh, 1968. Outside, I was a huge Manchester United fan, yeah. and uh, you know, Jack Charlton was a fantastic role model for me as a footballer. I used to play a lot of football and he was a hard man on the field. Hard. Hard tackler. A bit like Roy Keane, actually. Yeah. yeah. Our, our kid, Jack, used to call Bobby. Yeah. Our kid. Oh, yeah. He, he's, he's Ireland's favourite Englishman, apart from Shane McGowan. <laughs> That's a good one, actually. Yeah, well done. Great call. Listen, um, lovely to talk to you, Steve, and hope to talk to you again in the future. All right, man. Take he, it easy. Cool, Steve. Thank you very much. Here's uh, Fisherman's Blues.